Well, we have a nice connection today between our first reading and our, and our gospel text. In our first reading, we hear about the new covenant that God is going to make with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And it will not be like the covenant that he made with their fathers when he took them out of Egypt and gave them the Ten Commandments through Moses at Mount Sinai. Uh, but it's going to be a law that's not written on stone, but a law written in the heart. So Old Testament law or Old Covenant was on stone. New Covenant is on the heart, external, internal, that whole kind of contrast. At a deeper level, though, I think that what God is doing is he is reconstituting the nation of Israel, and we actually see that here in the Gospel text. Jesus chose 12 apostles specifically uh, as a new foundation of Israel. Okay, so each of the 12 apostles basically represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And so Jesus is, it's like a reboot. You know, there was a dysfunction in the old Israel. Something's dysfunctional. And so God said, okay, I'm just going to reboot this whole thing, start over. Uh, but this time the dysfunction is not going to happen because the program is Jesus himself. And he's not going to mess up or you know, fall into sin and, and screw things up, okay, like it happened on the first, the first round. Um, but, uh, it's a second chance, essentially. And, and the church is a reconstituted Israel with the 12, uh, leaders of the 12 tribes, the 12 apostles at its foundation. Uh, that's not really what I want to talk about though today. I want to actually want to talk about how Jesus in his, um, if we notice in the gospel text, what he does with the, the apostles. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm, I've got my Sunday homily on, on my mind. I'm going to be talking about a pro-life theme. We have the March for Life coming up. Uh, and the 22nd, actually, which is Sunday, is actually the National Day of Prayer for the uh, protection, for the legal protection of the unborn. Um, and uh, I have yet in my priestly career to give a homily on um, pro-life issues surrounding assisted suicide. So that's what I'm going to be speaking about. I've given homilies on abortion, but I'm going to this Sunday I'm going to give a homily on assisted suicide, which is a real problem. Uh, and actually, in a certain sense, I think we're actually kind of making progress on the abortion issue, but we're we're not. Uh, the assisted suicide is the next threat, and we've got five states so far who have embraced it very wholeheart, very excitedly. California being one of them, Oregon, um, Montana. And, uh, and New York, it's the, f- the fear is that New York's going to be the next one. If New York falls, then everything else is going to go like domino. So it's really something that we as Catholics have to fight. Um, priests know this from working with people who either have suicidal ideation, meaning that they, they have these thoughts that go through their mind all the time, I should take my life, I should take my life, or people who have unfortunately, tragically taken their own lives and they have to... They bury them and they have to minister to the family and the family's out of their wits because they don't understand why their loved one took their own life. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a horrible thing because we, we put, when we minister to people who have this problem, suicidal thoughts and depression, mental, mental illness, um, they, <clears throat> we, we, we throw millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars into suicide prevention. But now here we are gonna, we're gonna legalize assisted physician assisted suicide. It, it's a totally contradictory message. It's just bizarre. Totally bizarre. So we're telling these people, oh no, 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 your life is worth living. Your life has value. People love you. You, you, you know, they depend upon you. You know, you, there's a, the, 
oh, but your life, yeah, it's not really worth living. No one loves you. Go ahead. Just off yourself. We'll help you. Totally bizarre, right? doesn't make any kind of sense. We're totally in, co- in conflict with, with ourselves. So, I mean, to be consistent, we should just stop ministering to people who are suicidal. You know, we should just stop. Forget about it. Yeah, if you want to do that, go ahead. That's a good idea. <laughs> you have the right to do that. It's your own life. Go ahead. Take it. The reality of it is it's not our own life. And um, it's been given to us by God, and it's kind of like on loan. All right, so we we really don't have the right to do with it what we want. We didn't give it to ourselves, and we can't take it. Uh, we got to let only the Lord has the right to, in that regards. But you know, the deeper thing though is not like if you say that to people, they might get it intellectually, but it doesn't really. It, it, it's like it's not you're not addressing the psychological issue. Um, the other thing too is the pro assisted suicide people are all about. It used to be called the this big society. It's got millions and millions of dollars, and they're pushing all of this, you know, they're lobbying and they're funding all of this. The 29-year-old girl a few years ago, she took her life. She had some terminal cancer or something like that. can't remember her name. But she was all funded, you know. all, all It was just a big, huge uh, advertising uh, campaign to, to promote this girl's decision. And uh, the society used to be called the Hemlock Society, Okay. Uh, which is not a very appealing name. So they changed their name to Compassion and, what is it, Compassion and Advocacy or something like that. Okay. Uh, and what their, their party line is we want to promote people's autonomy and their rights, their rights. Okay, so they're standing on their rights. But really what happens is that uh, the it, it's it's not about that. It's about... The people often believe that they are a burden. Okay, people who are at the, you know, they have a terminal illness or they're at their end of their life, they believe that they're a burden to their family and they don't want to be a burden to anybody. So if you talk about rights, it's really, it's, it's, we have the right to be a burden. Okay. And, uh, they don't think that they have that right. That's really what it is. It's not about, I have the right to take my own life. It's They feel like they don't have the right to be a burden. And then there's financial pressures, right? Can you imagine if we pass assisted suicide, the kind of insurance? I mean, insurance is a monster in and of itself, right? Can you imagine the insurance pressures that would be on people to take their own lives? You know, oh my gosh, my family would have to pay all of this money in insurance. And if I just took my own life, you know, they'd get... You know, they'd be off scot-free. You know, just a dollar twenty for a pill. That's all it would take. Instead of, you know, or how much it takes to do chemotherapy and whatever. So, what we're hearing, what we're looking at here, and this, I'm going to tie it back to the gospel text, is you're looking at a fundamental um, closing down of reality. Because when with, when it comes to love, love is the most basic foundation of reality, and. Uh, love has two parts to it. It's giving love, but it's also receiving it. And a person who can't receive love, they can't receive care from others, and they feel like, I'm a burden, I don't deserve it, blah, 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 blah. That's a failure in the department of love, just as much as someone who says, I'm not going to love someone else, I'm not going to care for someone else. So we need to be able to receive love, and when we're close to that, we're close to reality. And uh, it's a terrible tragedy um, but in contrast to that, we see Jesus, who it's a beautiful thing. He takes the 12, and Jesus lived his whole life for other people. Um, 
but it's because he fundamentally also was one who received love from the Father. Okay, So because he had that gift of love from the Father, he could then go and live his life for others. So he takes the twelve and it says, he takes them to be with him and then to send them out to preach. And their preaching was their giving of love. Okay, It was their feeding of the people. They come with a life-giving message. But before they were able to do that, it says, and to be with him. So they spent time like a kind of a seminary, you know, an apostolic seminary, so to speak, with Jesus, and Jesus invested in them and gave them love, and they allowed themselves to be loved by him, to be nurtured, to to come to an understanding of their own value, and then they're able to go out and give that to others. So it's about receiving, and it's about giving, and a physician-assisted suicide short-circuits that whole process of giving and receiving. God allows us to fall into periods of weakness so that others can learn to love and to give and then we can receive that and um, it's a beautiful thing so let's pray um, you know especially this upcoming uh, 22nd here we have that national day for the legal protection of the of the unborn and let's think about life and the value of life in general and understand that uh, that that deeper reality of life is that that foundation of love both giving and receiving and christ our lord shows us the way uh, forward how to do that